Welcome to the Tech Talk Show, an hour of news, views and discussion. Well, welcome to the show. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks, Steve. How are you? Yeah, don't point at me. You pointed <laughs> at me. Um, tell us, tell us a little bit. What tech have you been interacting with this week? Yeah, so I've been I've been trying out um, Google Home. Really? Week. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's and quite how's good. that been? It's been really good. I didn't think we'd use it as much as we um, have. Right. Um, so we've used it a lot for streaming music. It integrates with the Spotify account. Yeah, sure. Um, and film uh, and programs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So it also works with um, with the, um, links with the Chromecast. So we okay. play net, just you know using voice control to get um, Netflix to work. Yeah. Like that. So yeah. do you think you'll stick with it? Yeah, or? really. Well. Yeah, it's strange how much we started using. And what's really good is um, that Google Chrome now um, supports multiple users. Yeah, so yeah. my so girlfriend really and I have different profiles, and we can ask what you know what's going on in our calendar and stuff like that. And it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, coming up on the show I've, I've got another little uh, tech I've been using but coming up on the show we've got Hugh Prosser Hugh welcome to the show hello thank How you, you doing? and also we've got Stephanie at Newport Booth so Steph welcome to the show too thank you and also we've got Tom Char- Charmaine yeah. Tom Charmaine uh, we're going to come to you and talk a little bit about Compass uh, are you any uh, any of you using this tech at the moment uh, so I'm actually using Alexa okay. um, so I'm using the, the Echo Dot instead but I uh, a bit jealous. I want to get the Google Home, so so I want to yeah. get it sorted. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? Anything around Google Home? No. The only the last time I used, I think it was the Alexa that we discovered. And to be fair, I was, I was very drunk at the time, and it was playing music. <laughs> but we discovered that if you shouted and asked it to turn the music up to full volume, that then it can't hear you, and obviously <laughs> then can't turn it down. So this was a really fun game we were playing all night. So oh, I'll yeah. have to try that. That's yeah, I'll give yeah. that a go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tech I've been playing with uh, through my other business I needed to sort out being able to take Visa and credit card payments so got a really really good system that goes via your iPhone which is called Square you literally have a really small um, reader and it's contactless and it can scan it's called Square what does it like plug into your iPhone plug in yeah via the lightning lead and there's an app so you can take a payment wherever you are via credit card, wow. which is uh, really good for small businesses, uh, yeah. pop-up shops or whatever else. Yeah, so there's yeah. quite a few on the market. You think how many places still sort of only accept cash because they're quite small operations? Yeah, what, yeah. What's, How much does that cost? I think, uh, well, the actual reader was 40 quid, which is just a straight plug-in reader. Runs via a free app, and then obviously they take a percentage, but it's a, it's a lot less than, say, taking uh, PayPal. Yeah, and also you can use it mobile, so it literally is, and it's it's quite a small, you know, just a sort of two inch square type um, reader. Well, it's really good tech. Yeah, so, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Dan, if you want to pay me any money, please do. I've got it all set up, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> yeah, you'll see yeah, how that works. Right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> let's, without further ado, let's go to Hugh. Hugh, uh, Hugh, and I know each other anyway. So um, now Hugh's quite an entrepreneur bit of an inventor so tell us about your latest business and what you're working on at the moment right so yeah uh, my latest business is blue air technologies uh, and we make a digital receptionist called molly and essentially what molly is is a digital assistant uh, that's geared around premises management so staff and visitor management Um, so we're trying to get away from the paper style sign-in sheet and get to a reliable and friendly first impression for any business um, for an affordable price. Yeah, because it can be quite costly, can't it? Yeah. 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 To have a, a real presence on 
on the desk as such or something like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so how, how would visitors interact with Molly then? It's good that you've asked. Um, so, <laughs> so we're using um, some really cool sort of uh, applications with it. We're using machine vision and machine uh, learning. So what we do, we watch the door with a with a camera, and mm-hmm. when somebody walks in, Molly will say, "Oh, hello, hi. Would you like to s- sort of like sign in with our touchscreen?" Um, and she can direct them to do certain things. It might be pick up a visitor badge. Uh, it could be sign here, um, or it could be just go straight through to the waiting area. So, okay. yeah. And what? Where did the idea come from? Uh, it's got to be my college, actually. Right, yeah, right. yeah. It was a bit of a mess. They have <laughs> a lot of different systems. Most they had... colleges are, to be yes. honest. I have to say, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they had a paper, a piece of paper for visitors, yep. which was getting lost. Uh, people used to lie about the time that they arrived, yep. which caused <laughs> chaos. Yeah. Um, I always lie about my number plate because I can never remember it. So they oh. say, "What's it? yeah? Do that. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. Whatever." <laughs> um, so, and also the students, we had this some sort of like biometric system that never worked. Um, so it was kind of, I wanted to solve that problem right. um, as easily as possible. Yeah. And what was first? What came first? The uh, recognition software or the actual functionality? Uh, I had already been experimenting with machine vision yeah. and face recognition. So my first thing to do was for me to walk into a room and a computer to be able to say, hello, hi, how are you? Yeah. And once I got that sorted, it was it was down to how the data is stored and uh, and sorted out. Okay. And and then fuse them together to create a really friendly digital receptionist. So how long have you been working on it? I started the project about a year and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. And how far are you in? So I started it in my bedroom. Yeah. Well, uh, most and people, yeah. Uh, our server was in the corner of my bedroom. Okay. Very hot. Probably not the the safest. Um. <laughs> And we're now in the Amazon cloud. We've got our own office. I've okay. got contractors and staff that work for me. Right, okay. Um, I'm finished with education, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, we've come quite far, and we're just gearing up to go to a national market now. Okay, and how hard has that been? What's been the the worst bit or the hardest bit that you didn't anticipate? I think the, the hardest part of the, the whole thing, starting a company, has been convincing people that I don't want to go to university. Really? uh, Yeah, I think uh, the whole education system is geared toward you doing an apprenticeship or university degree. And when you turn around and say, you know what, I'm actually going to not do that. I'm going to start my company. They kind of of don't know what to do. Okay. So you're not included in a lot of things. You don't go on trips for for, um, like apprenticeships and things like that. Uh, You're you're kind of, they're very confused on what to do with you most of the time. but they've been quite understanding, actually. They have the college, especially, yeah. has been very understanding. Because that's where I met you. I, I, yeah. So Dan knows, and everybody knows. I went on a visit. It's a, it's, it's an amazing technical college, actually, which mm. is um, in the southeast of England. Uh, loads of young kids go there, um, and and it actually it made me remember a long, long, long time ago when I was at school, and I hated going to school because I couldn't see the point of it. Uh, I loved engineering. I loved creating things around engineering and there was no way to do that at school and it was particularly I could not see the point but when I went there I was quite inspired actually by the young people that are there got some fantastic ideas and they're really encouraged to create aren't they Hugh? Yeah absolutely I mean we're encouraged to try our own thing it could be different and actually the college helped me fund the prototype for Molly yeah um, they got me in touch with you and, and loads of other people and they really have acted as a launch pad for my company as yep. well as 
all of my friends further education and things. Yeah. So, and, and what's different is there's loads of local businesses that are actually actively going to the college. Either they're mentoring people mm -hmm. at the college, who whether it's a technology or engineering or or other creative fields, mm. they're really really helping them, aren't mm. they? And they give them work placements and other stuff. But there's a real uh, cooperation with, between the two, so local business and the people yeah. at, the, at the tech, and actually they're, they're helping each other really, mm. uh, which is really really amazing, isn't it? So you've gained a lot from it, haven't you? Yeah, I got a mentor. Um, I got investors from it. Yeah, uh, ridiculous amount of business contacts, uh, and yeah, just everything I needed to get started and what I wanted to do. Yeah. So mm. where when where next for you in terms of the actual product? Where is it going? So now we're moving into our marketing phase. Right. Uh, and and uh, and really gearing up towards that. Now, marketing is is something that uh, is new to me, um, okay. and they've actually <laughs> given us loads of help with that, which has been Have amazing. Yeah, 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 hooking up, hooking us up with some amazing people. Um, so that's where it's going now. We're also kind of working behind the scenes to make our system more robust and uh, be able to sort of expand to a lot of customers all at once, um, yeah. and also make it easier to use because we just want to keep making it easier and easier. So that's where so, going. Just going back to to Molly, so, um, is it so? So we've seen quite a bit in in the news and and, and recently about um, lots of um, sort of a few different sort of places, research and thing coming up with uh, with AI that they're trying to use that fools people that they're you know a genuine human being at the other end of the mm. phone or what have you. And we've seen sort of like you know the the Android head type receptionist type thing. Yeah, are you trying to? take Molly down that road of, of a believable personality that they're you know people can interact with or is it much more functional mm. and just does the job if you see what I mean yeah very so, cleverly but. yeah <laughs> I think um that there's a gap at the moment there's a, a huge move to artificial intelligence which mm. we all know especially in the tech industry everything is geared towards AI now um, and the public's perception of AI is a talking computer um, <laughs> that fires a gun or does something scary, or maybe it just wakes you up in the morning with the weather. Mm -hmm. um, and that's we, we're kind of getting there. We kind of got these apps. That's what Dan does every day with his AI. Right, okay. But, that's what I'm telling you about, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> What's the weather today? <laughs> yeah, so... Well, um, moving on, yeah. yeah. So Molly is... Uh, an attempt to try and get our intelligent analytics that's happening in the cloud uh, and give it sort of a friendly face. At the mm -hmm. moment, it's just a touchscreen tablet in a range of sizes okay. um, with a really nice UI. Mm -hmm. We thought about adding a face and an animation to it and things. Um, but what we found is that it actually kind of annoys people and sort of freaks them out. When you start <laughs> showing this badly animated face, they know it's not real and yeah. it's not appealing. Um, a funny voice that cracks jokes and makes a small comment on the weather or whatever, uh, that is really powerful and they, they seem to interact with it a lot better and they kind of want to use it and mm. mess around with it, see what it's going to say next. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. And what so what sort of level of interaction does it have with you know? So um, I walk into the I walk into the you know the reception area and, and uh, you know my face has been recognised or been picked up by the camera. How does the sort of interaction mm. sort of go forward? Well, it depends who you are. If you're a visitor. Uh, you have a there's a number of options so if you have a scheduled meeting you might get a message from molly before you even arrive to talk about your traffic information um your if there's any train delays on your route so she's going to try and help you get there first mm -hmm. then when you walk in she'll recognize somebody standing in front of her uh, and sort of direct you using her voice and the screen to sort of do you know might be sign something on the screen it might be just say yes i'm here uh, it really depends what the company wants you to do at that sure. point. So it could be um, sign an NDA, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. So if you're a visitor, we try and help you get there. 
and then schedule your meeting and then Molly will then tell somebody that you're there so they can come and get you. She might even grab your drink preference. Um, so, so little things like that that kind of make it way more efficient. Mm-hmm. They kind of know who you are before they come and shake your hand, things like that. On the staff side, we've got Molly trying to predict if people are going to be late to work or maybe wake them up a bit. Um, so if there's a 20-minute train delay, Molly might send you a text message 20 minutes before saying, ah, you might want to leave now, otherwise you're going to be late to work. So there's no excuses to be late anymore. Um, I think I hate yeah. Molly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, that's brilliant. I'm not liking her much. What about you? Uh, you? No, I can I can see the benefit definitely, but I I don't I wouldn't like the idea of a phone call. Yeah, a phone call being told I'm going to be late if I don't leave. <laughs> you know, I think as an employer that's great. <laughs> I yeah. think yeah, it'd be great so. to like you know where people are, you know what points yeah. they're at and things. Well, I I just really wanted to ask who are your customers at the moment? Have you sold it to anyone? Who are you planning to sell it at? Where's going to be the first point that they end up in? Yeah, Want so it to end up in? with my college, uh, I've been helped and put in front of a lot of people and a lot of investors and a lot of weird uh, industries and we ended up in the construction industry for a bit doing trials so trialing a prototype and that was managing deliveries and visitors on their building site which was really important to them because people can come and go there's loads of people on the site Uh, we also ended up in a logistics company um, and also my college and other colleges in the area have have stated an interest Um, so we're going to target places that maybe don't have a receptionist at the moment um, or can't afford one, or someone with a paper-style sign-in sheet, just like here, yeah. um, who who might w- not want to spend tens of thousands a year employing a, a receptionist, um, but they might want to spend a few hundred pounds on an intelligent um, sign-in system. So. And have you, maybe maybe this is me going off on a tangent, but have you thought about places where there aren't currently receptionists? So my background previously is in retail, and I could just imagine if you walked into a supermarket and it, Molly has memory then she could remember when you were last there and like Mm. essentially welcome you as a guest where there wouldn't traditionally be a receptionist but it adds an extra touch of personality yeah so the idea for molly at the moment she doesn't track your location um some companies are a little scared of that uh and some people some consumers are scared of their location being tracked the whole time um but what we would really like is for molly not only to run from a company's perspective but also for the user So if you arrive here and you tell Molly all of your information, um, the next time you go to a location with a Molly, Molly should already know you and recognize you and say, oh, hello, Um, welcome back, or it's your first time here, you might want to check out this thing. Uh, So Molly will have an app, like a Molly passport, um, and and hopefully will learn what you're doing and can welcome you to locations and and things like that. So so uh, I'm intrigued about the development. So Mm. Uh, we have loads of tech startup companies on the show, and the vast majority of them talk about how difficult it is to get funding, but also how difficult it is to rein their idea in, because they ping off everywhere yeah. and, and and everything sort of grows and it's coming back to that. Mm. How how hard has it been to contain the development and the functionality? It's it's an interesting, it's a very good question because what you, you get on one side is uh, you're changing your product to fit the consumer at yep. the same time. And you only know that when you interact with the consumer. That's right. Yeah, so you need so. people to try out prototypes and things like that. Yeah. Um, but on one hand, you don't want to go off on a tangent because you're going to waste uh, development money, you're going to waste time, and you might end up with a product that isn't what you wanted when you started. Um, so we have ended up going off on tangents but what we've come back to is is making a really good check-in system for visitors and staff 
Uh, and then once we've got that in the market, then we can go off on tangents as much as we like. So have you got um, tangents that you're, you know, you've got sort of lined up the first sort of things you want to we go do, down? We do, yeah, here? yeah, absolutely. Um, they're a bit hush hush at the moment. Oh, okay. Uh, but <laughs> tell us, come on, tell us. You should see you're more of Molly. Yeah, you should really? see more of Molly. Yeah, yeah. What physically or just in no. different places? You might, you might recognise her, or she might recognise you. Um, if you see her at a location, be sure to install our app when it comes out. Really? Uh, yes. That's all I'm going to say at the moment. And what, <laughs> um, last time we met, we talked about funding. Mm. Uh, how's that going? How's it all looking? It's great. Uh, so we actually, through through my college, I yep. managed to secure some some investment money. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, which was amazing. And it's kind of acted as this launch pad for us to get started, to start um, hiring people I know to, to sure. do sort of little contracted jobs and things like that. And it's kind of accelerated the whole process from me being sat in my bedroom to having an office, having um, a structure, being able to meet new people all the time through our investors mm-hmm. and also have it, you know, have them guide us through this new thing. Yeah, which is mm. great. And you talked about marketing. So, yeah. you know, how's that going and what advice are you getting at the moment? So marketing, uh, we, we're just gearing up to start our marketing campaign now. Uh, and that's, first of all, means we have to be on social media. So we started a few social media accounts. We're on yeah. Instagram, we're on Twitter. Um, and have you got somebody managing for those for you, or do you do the content? How does that work? We did have somebody uh, managing it for the first few months. Yep. Um, I've now taken it on for the moment as we're gearing towards marketing more, yep. and there's less development for me to do. Yep. Um, and we'll probably hire somebody full-time to, for, to do that. Yeah. Um, when necessary. Yeah, when things start to ramp up. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Dang. I'm just wondering, where did, where did the name Molly come from? <laughs> that is the most asked question I get. <laughs> I he, bet it is. Sorry, I'm, who's I'm Molly? He's really so original. <laughs> he's so predictable. Yeah, okay. Um, so the, the idea for Molly was uh, somebody I didn't know. I didn't want to be talking to a computer with the same name as somebody <laughs> I knew. Yeah. Uh, just because it's weird, it would be weird for me. It would be weird for them. So it ended up just being Molly because I, I don't know any Mollies. Please don't introduce me to anybody called Molly. Okay. Um, Steve's middle name. <laughs> yeah, is it? <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. So yeah, uh, Molly was the chosen name. Um, we changed the spelling. So we dropped the Y at the end and replaced it with an I um, to sort of give it a little bit more character maybe. Mm-hmm. Um so so that's that's how that happened we nearly changed it but uh but people seem to like it and it seems yeah. to stick in their head it's friendly and it's a normal name as well it's not it's not some abbreviation it doesn't stand for anything it's just mm. just molly yeah because so. i don't know if it's an abbreviation but i imagine it's just it's the name of something that you do want it to convey you know like you're saying friendliness so i was wondering how much you know sort of deliberation and mm. pain did it cause like late night thinking what are we going to call this oh thing? it took us a long time to <laughs> I mean, I, I went around maybe for a month and a half, maybe two months, sort of asking people, would you would you want to talk to a computer called this? Uh, and it end, ended up being Molly um, was the favoured one because it was short, it was snappy, and it was easy to remember. Um, so, so yeah, people yeah, no, seem to like that one. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's good and obviously you've got web presence. What's the details of the website? Yeah, so we're at blueware.co.uk. Okay. And Blueware is spelled B-L-O-O-W-A-R-E. And that's your company, and Molly is one of the products you're focused on. That's right. So Molly's the only product on the site at the moment, um, and the site will grow as we grow. You're looking at developing other stuff? 
indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll come back again and tell us about that in a mm. little while. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic, Hugh. Lovely to see you again, mate. Really, really great to hear how things are going. And you it too. seems to be going really well. Thank so, thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you. Yeah. So, what do you reckon? I'd okay, like, like a Molly. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm all up for this. You know, yeah. AI and you know, um, and I do hate filling out. You know, when you, you like places you arrive and you've so meant to fill out you know who fills them out properly either no and also i'd like it if i've got multiple appointments during the day like we sometimes do be great if i kept could keep track of what's going on how soon do i need to leave who am i meeting because always forget who am i meeting where am i going mm. what's going on so actually to get feedback would be great so yeah sounds really really good anyway on to yeah. our next guest. Indeed, yeah. So uh, Dan's a fitness freak, Steph, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, you can tell. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, yeah. Like myself, obviously. Obviously. Life's and about balance. You're so it? polite. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about Go Sweat. How's it, how's it been going and, and what have you developed? Okay, so essentially Go Sweat is probably a much simpler concept than Molly. And what, we, what Go Sweat exists to do is to connect users and sports providers. So we are the middle person in that marketplace. So we've created a marketplace um, where you can simply search for what sport you want to do in what area you want to do. I know it sounds crazy simple. Why doesn't it exist? Um, well, like in the same way that companies like Just Eat um, in the food market have, have, have kind of monopolized that and created a marketplace and Treat Well have done the same for beauty and TripAdvisor for, for travel sites. We've created um, something exactly the same for sport. So you'd be able to search for whatever you wanted. So let's say netball and in whatever location you wanted so let's say Clapham and it would come up with a list of the places you could play netball in Clapham and you could filter them by price distance day location reviews whatever you wanted and of course it's not just sports clubs because we understand that people want different things so sure. we've got personal trainers yoga pilates even quidditch uh, <laughs> silent <laughs> disco boot camps we've got we've got the lot so we've got about 25,000 weekly activities that we're that so we're what's the most with. unusual one i always get asked this and actually i'm doing 300 <laughs> i'm so predictable <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i I'm, I'm doing 365 days of sport so i started on the 1st of january okay. so today's day 221 um right. so, so what is the most unusual thing you've done so the most unusual thing I've done is something called EMS, which is actually originally from Germany. And you basically wear linen pajamas that have electrocution points in you, right. uh, in them. And so the idea is... Is this a sport? Or are we talking it is, it is, sure? it is. It's not some weird kind of yeah. <laughs> kinky thing, I promise. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you essentially, the idea is that when you do a normal press-up, you use 30% of your muscles. But when they're being electrocuted, it contracts them so even more. So you're using about 90%. So you do various different exercises with these electrocuted electrocution points on you and I'm terribly competitive as you can imagine <laughs> and so it shouldn't hurt but I, I kept them no I, I wouldn't up. turn it I wouldn't stop until they said that it reached the maximum so I was actually going skiing like the next week and I had to ski straight legged the whole week because I was in so much pain I couldn't bear my so legs. when you went I'm going to ask you another one so we went <laughs> skiing for a week yes so did you do a different sport every day while you were skiing I did which is really, really challenging I could think of about four <laughs> but I can't think of many others <laughs> Yeah, like so, like cross country, cross country, board um, ski, yoga. There's oh, like right, downward okay. sledging. So not oh. everything was involving revolving yeah. sport, um, but yeah, there's there was a there was a fair few things that we got we got up to. And so the challenge is what part of your business plan and part of promoting the yeah, business yeah, just, or just doing doing 365 days of sweat was just a fantastic way of it meant that every day would be 
sitting opposite or working out opposite a sports provider in a room full of people um, who are our customers. Yeah. So not only do I'm, I'm a walking, talking encyclopedia for sports to do in London because I've been to most of them, um, but also I meet my users on a daily basis and I make it a habit that I won't leave that room until I've spoken to X amount of users and the sport and the instructor. So I'm literally spreading the word <laughs> <laughs> every day, every yeah. day. So, so how, how so other than <laughs> these um, 365 that you're going to visit sort of through the year, yeah. how are you getting the other um, sort of sports providers yeah so there's an accumulation of like there's two different ways that we're we're doing it so there's a company called open active um which is a government funded body and they work in the same way that tfl um work with city mapper so if you take those two examples in this scenario open active is tfl and go sweat is city mapper so open active are going to big organizations um like um, like BMF and uh, Better and big gyms and uh, like the tennis federations and things like that and they're encouraging them to open up their data and so what we do um, as an as an app is we're actually the first people that are, are using them and that they're relatively new they only launched at the start of this year um, and we take that data and plug it into that site but as well as that um, we've got um, various different sites that we've manually signed up and manually collated that data and and that's basically how how we monetize our system because we take a small commission on any bookings made through those uh, those companies that we've got signed up um, with us, the sports providers. That's brilliant. Isn't what it? sport would you want to do? I don't know. I don't know. There's there's so many different things. I mean, I I like running um, yeah. because it's something I can do on my own. Um, I've, I worked <laughs> out I'm not very good at team sports. That's what, that's one of the things. Yeah, no, you're not a good team player. Are you? No, I can't. Can't be bothered with them. No, I think I think that's the, I think that's a good point as well, actually, because people don't necessarily always know what they want to do. No, and it's really hard sometimes to try new sports if you think actually I want to have a go at that, but I don't know where to go or. And that's my favourite thing when people yeah. say that to me because people I talk to people and they're like I hate sport like I'm, it's not my thing. And I I always use the analogy that okay I don't like sushi but it doesn't mean I don't like eating out. And there's so much choice and so much variety out there. Cool, I've done 221 different activities. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of different what things was, you can I do. Like, what's the most boring one as well? I'm going to put you on the spot now because you're going to have to say. There's nothing boring sports. No, there must be. <laughs> We've all sat there halfway through. I've, just, I've actually school done a, sports or some sort or whatever, and you go, oh god, I'm never going to do this ever again. I've I've got too much of an active mind to do some strains of yoga. Uh, the no, right. normal hatha flow yoga vinyasa is all fine, but there's some strains of yoga that are predominantly you hold a position for three or four minutes, and <laughs> I mean physically that's fine, but my mind just goes elsewhere. So that's probably <laughs> the, the most boring. Doing that yeah. for an hour and a half is is okay. challenging. <laughs> so um, on the on the platform, so people can go in and and look look for you know whatever sports are in their area or, or what have you um or even new sports that might interest them is there any um once you get to you know uh, once you get to learn a profile or, or the platform wants to learn a profile does it suggest other um uh, sports they might want to do at all yeah and completely it'll be completely personalized to you so you'd be able to create your own profile within that we can link up to like the health apps that are on your phone and essentially give you personal recommendations and then the future and the next steps will be that we can essentially tap into your calendar and um and understand like what will fit around your schedule and be able to work it out like that. Because creating a pricing algorithm is also something we really want to do. So if you imagine within the 24 hours that is a day, there's a lot of down peaks um, within the sports industry that shouldn't be charged at 
the same price that when people really want to go there. So if somebody seven to eight is a really popular time, but if you're looking at ten to eleven, why should you be paying the same price? So we create a pricing algorithm around that to reflect the popularity. So in the same way, like EasyJet with flights. Yeah. So um, obviously, what was it? The fact that the database became open that you were able to tap into the sports that are available, or did you have the idea beforehand and then went and searched for the a way to achieve it yeah so the idea was really far beforehand um finding open active was it was just a cherry on the top really we'd already started collating a lot of manual data before that the 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 reason we originally came up with ghost sweat and obviously it wasn't ghost sweat at the time uh was i was trying to find a netball club and i was living in manchester at the time and i was um I was actually doing the Audi area manager graduate scheme, so working ridiculous hours a week, and that was really intense. Um, but I, I found it. I found a netball club, and I was like, "Fantastic! It's in Manchester." Went to went to book it, and it was in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, <laughs> in the USA. So it taken me all this time to find it. I was like, "God, this is just ridiculous. Why does it need to be this hard?" And I think probably at that point, um, I, we, myself, and my co-founder were naive and thinking, "This is an easy thing it's, to fix." Yeah, be simple. Yeah. So yeah. fast forward a cu- fast forward a couple of months. We quit our ridiculously well-paid jobs, um, uh, moved down to London to do it all back back to front and uh, really decided that we'd, we'd start this off. And on the same day that we quit our job, we bought the website domain for, for Go Sweat. And, and that was really the, the start of it. So that was um, September the 28th that we bought that website domain. So we then did three months of really, really intensive research, which... I don't know if I should say it. I don't know if I should say anything actually. But we th- those three months no, we, it, we pretended we were doing our dissertations um, <laughs> and so rang up all different sports providers, users, and spoke to them on an hour hours on end really, um, just gathering as much information as we could and, and obviously it's people are much more inclined to talk to you if you they think you're doing yeah. a dissertation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it was a, it was just a really good way that we could build a product from the ground up, knowing um knowing exactly what people wanted and what the sports providers themselves were looking so, for. So is your business partner tech-minded or is it that, that you're both... No, so uh, that's an, an interesting story. No, my my first co- my co-founder, uh, there's three of us now, but there was two of us to start with, and he, he isn't technical-minded at all, um, although it'd be very useful if he was. Yeah. So we, we knew straight away that we wanted to find a third co-founder who was tech-minded, and that is probably the biggest tech challenge that we've had so far because... Um, I refer to the, the, the guy that we've got now, Frank, as, as our unicorn. Um, and he, he was a long journey to find. So we right. did we did our research for three months and, and we basically found our first CTO. And we, we, we are now on our third CTO. So okay. three times lucky. Uh, third time lucky. And basically our first CTO, we found him just through LinkedIn talking to people. And after two weeks of working with him, obviously nothing was signed at this point, uh, but he kind of had a bit of a midlife crisis, booked a one-way ticket to Australia. And I would like to think that's not after two weeks of working with us. Yeah, hopefully. sure, he's all- <laughs> yeah, he, he was enough. off. Um, again, we, we went through LinkedIn. We found our second CTO, Jerome. And um, it's, it's very hard because you're doing essentially cold emailing. and You're meeting these people and you really have to commit everything. And it's it's quite scary at that point, opening up your your idea and your vision, especially it's, it's your baby at that point. And we worked with him for a couple of months. And actually, it was a really hard decision to make because we were at the point where we were about to release our MVP. Um and just the communication, the dynamics between the team wasn't working. We sent out basically a couple of emails to his previous employers and they came back with really scarily similar things that we were thinking that is his code that good. So we had to make that decision a week before we were due to release our MVP to actually completely scrap that off and start again. So this was March, April. And then at this point, we'd obviously gone through a lot of journey ourselves and 
we were basically at a point where we valued Go Sweat so much and would put so much into it and it was actually worth so much more that we were much more picky when it came to picking our third CTO. So right. we met probably about 50 people and we moved on from LinkedIn now because we'd completely dried uh, exhausted it. Exhausted that, yeah. it. And we and we actually moved on to Meetup and we're looking at the different um, organisations that people were talking to uh, on that and the different events people were going to and that's where we essentially found Frank who yeah who is our unicorn because he basically ticks all of our boxes and he... I, he he always tells an interesting story where um, he said that he knew he wanted to work with us because we were sat and it was after a couple of meetings and he said, okay, so what's the end game like? Who's going who's gonna to buy out Go Sweat? Are you looking for someone like Richard Branson um, from Virgin and, and he's, he's going to buy out Go Sweat? And I was like, are you joking? We're going to buy Virgin Gyms. <laughs> and, he, and he always says like, yeah, that's that's when I knew that these these guys are probably mad enough that they're going to they're gonna make, make it work it and I want to be part of it. Yeah. Um, so we've we've been working as a team uh, since April and that's where we're up to with, um, with our launch, which is actually launching um, on the 14th of September, which is uh, which is nearly a year after we first started the journey. So it's... Um, um, it's a cool. It's a cool date for us to be going live um, in yeah. terms of yeah, in is. terms of yeah. synergy. And do you know what sport you're going to be doing that day? Uh, <laughs> I I don't. Cause actually, it's also my co-founder's birthday, so I probably should tie it in and like do some kind of <laughs> cozy sport then. Yeah. Um, but no, I've, I've I've planned something energetic. Maybe Quidditch. That'd yeah, be, that, that'd yeah, be that'd be a good. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. Tiddlywinks, I would do actually. That's... Darts. <laughs> <laughs> Table football. You've got, the <laughs> You've got the physique for darts. I as have, well. yeah, yeah, I really have got the physique. But so, it does involve drinking as well, so that's always a bonus, yeah. isn't it? That's an yeah, upside yeah. on that one. So, um, is it is it sort of London centric at the moment? The platform is that the you know the plan to sort of launch it in sort of for London first and then spread, or so we um, we're at a good point where we we've got these 25 weekly activities, and predominantly they're mostly in the south south of London. Okay. Um, so. We're pre-investment. Uh, like I said, we were, we were all lucky that we were in very well-paid jobs before and, and we essentially moved home and, and, and saved as much as we could. Um, so we, we're at that point. So they're in they're in the southwest of London and we're, that's where we're going to focus our marketing efforts. Um, and then once we've done that and we go for investment in January, um, then we'll basically open open that up and we'll be able to copy that model elsewhere. But we're in a, we're in a lucky position where I, I don't want... We don't want investment necessarily for the financial benefits that that obviously brings because we want investment because we want the advice and the longevity that it brings they're probably yeah. points one and two and then the third point would obviously be the financial financial element that's allowed us to expand because what i don't want is to go for round uh, one and that not open up to round two sure. because then you're then you're left so high. Uh, what sort of uh, funding uh, rounds are you looking at where are you going to go for that um so we are we're speaking to a couple of different people now and we're quite lucky because one of my um my co-founder who I originally started working with Alex who's our CEO he's his brother runs a really successful startup and has a has a few connections there so hopefully we've, we've spoken to a few of those people and, and it's great because you get critiqued early on and you know sure. where to develop um so we're going to be going for an angel angel round to start with right yeah I mean Hugh you similar similar for you yeah, yeah it's a lot absolutely. to learn around that isn't it yeah. It takes a lot of time as well, doesn't it, to get the legals set up and yeah. Like and that. I think that's why we're, we're start, That's why we're starting the journey now with the idea of going for it in January and then hopefully getting that in the bank by like March, April. Yeah. So what about how do you, how have you tested functionality and things like that? Are you, bearing in mind you're ready to go. 
Yeah, so because we've been ready to go essentially since April, uh, we've got a, a generous like emailing list and um, we've got a lot of blogs and reviews and things like that. We want, really wanted to put stuff out there straight away that would be useful. So if you wanted to find something in that area, then the top five boot camps in Clapham, the top five boot camps in Battersea, we've kind of like hit all those. So we, we've been drip feeding people onto the site, but it's still a very closed beta site at the moment. So we, we, we test different functionalities and we develop them and we actually work with... Um, um, we, we run a sweat tech boot camp. So okay. every eight weeks, um, we take on a whole new intake, uh, six to eight people who are really talented, really technical, and they, they work with us and, and they really want to work on a live product. And our CTO is ex-Amazon and, and really, really talented and used to managing big teams. So we, we work with these, these people and they can develop different things. So it's quite good because they can have a project that they work on and we give them some users to test that. And um, then that's their ownership. They've worked worked on that they've developed that they can see how it works and they can go back and repeat and, and test it yeah yeah dan go yeah. on no, that's fantastic no no um so um where, where do you see sort of going once you get the the next layer of um uh, the next bit of funding and you've got the launch coming up what sort of where are you looking to do you know go from there so we talk about conquering london which <laughs> it sounds it sounds a bit medieval really doesn't it but um no so we will expand so at the moment we've got so we're in south london and basically we go where our users are there's absolutely no reason we can't follow them and, and copy that model everywhere hmm. it, it's we'll go national and then we'll go international because everybody wants to sweat wherever they are <laughs> yeah so well yeah I, that's good isn't it it does yeah so have you got an age profile the people that you're looking at um i mean we have a we have a typical primary target audience that we're, we're going for um but every everybody likes doing sport and everybody even if people don't know they like doing sport everybody can find something they like doing mm. so but typically we we aim at like we call them um <laughs> we call them the, the grown-ups but inverted commas grown -ups. Um, <laughs> so they're not actually quite grown-ups but they're past that stage where they've left university they've probably moved to a, a new city uh, but they they haven't reached that like young family yet so that's probably our primary target audience that middle where they've uh, chloe and ben and um and they they they've got a bit of spare cash but the way we see it and the way Ghost Web was originally formed is that we want to reinvent how people see sport. So at the moment, sport can be seen as a chore and just something that you have to do to look good. And actually, sport should be sweat. We use as a bit of an analogy. Um, so we think social well-being, entertainment, achievement and tenacity. And we want to tie all of that into one experience. So people don't want to just do things anymore. They want to experience them. Yeah. And that's what we want to tie into, into the exercise and everything that we do. No, that sounds really good. And what about, you talked a little bit about, just to finish off, um, feedback to the sort of providers of experiences, or sporting experiences. How have you built the metrics around that and so they can see, is, is this feedback built into your app so they can see when people want to exercise or what sort of things they want to do at what time of the day and yeah, things it, like that? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really powerful mm. tool for sports providers yeah. because at the moment, knowing like the data and the metrics around that user, is it's not really something that's out there, especially because you, you only normally have like one avenue. You only have like classes that you look at, but actually people do a whole variety of things. So yeah, well, they'll have their database and they'll be able to see the times people are looking at, um, maybe why somebody hasn't booked something on their site. So if another site has a video um, showing what that class does and they only have a photo, then we, we can do something similar to if you've ever been a host on Airbnb, you get feedback through there. That's exactly what we've built our, our back 
a back um, control yeah. panel to look like for the provider. So they'll have that data, but they'll also have the upfront reviews from the from the users. No, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. So where can people find more? Find out more. Um, so you just www.gosweat.com and you will be able to type in what you want to do, where you want to do it. There's a live chat, so that's me sat there. So if you ever want to ever want to talk to me. You need a Molly <laughs> <laughs> to do your live chat for you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I want to talk to my users. So I, I Molly would be fantastic in the, in the future, but at the moment I want to learn as much as I, as much as I possibly could. So yeah um, come on board chat to me and if you for some reason can't find something you want to look for then i'd be happy to create you a plan no it sounds fantastic and um, best of luck with the funding round in january mm. as well thank you very so, much so no it sounds brilliant and thank you for coming on the show yeah it's been great brilliant, yeah so uh coming to our last guest tom tom charmaine from compass yeah compass uh, compass tell us a little bit about compass tom. uh so yeah essentially uh the story started probably two and a half years ago i was just exiting my last company um I was actually living in Munich in Germany and wanted to explore the city. Now, there's a lot of things out there like Foursquare, TripAdvisor, Google Maps. Um, I think the problem is, is none of it's personalized to who you are and what you like to do. So normally you end up in the same tourist traps, you end up in the same places. Even as a local, you don't really necessarily know what to go. I mean, I've lived in London for 20 odd years and every single day I'm exploring new things. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, essentially what Compass is, is we use uh, different forms of um, artificial, intelli uh, artificial intelligence, uh, particularly machine learning. Um, and what we do is we learn about who you are, uh, what you like to do and where you like to go, based on things like social graph and a number of different other data sources that we pull in and learn about you. And then we present you with actually what you'd actually like to see. So we make sure you find the kind of really weird and quirky independent places that you just never do, ne never actually knew about. So one of the ones that we joke around is kind of like Peruvian um, cockfighting. It's like all that kind of really weird stuff that you just never knew sure. existed. I mean, there's bars in London where you can go and see kind of sumo wrestling. Like I would never is have there? found. Yeah, there actually is. Really? So that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. We're you know? going <laughs> after, after the show, Dan. Yeah, it sounds all right, doesn't it? Tom's going to take us for it. Yeah. And that could be, that could be the uh, sport we try out. Well, we don't, yeah. In fact, Steph, have you done your sport today? I haven't, but yeah. I feel like sumo wrestling. Sumo wrestling is on. Yeah. I could bring it. That is, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's exactly what it's all about, really, is finding the, the independent, the local, and the kind of undiscovered things in your city. Mm. So, so what sort of data? So you say, you know, part of the machine learning is driven by sort of um, data you put drawing in. So, what what sort of data sources are you using? So, hopefully, you're going to sign up through social. Um, if you don't, it doesn't matter. But if you do, then we take um, social graph data. So we've got some information about you based on the information that you've provided to Facebook and other social platforms. Mm -hmm. um, when you're signing up, we ask you to fill out a number of kind of it's just a tick box, but essentially we use a randomization element that looks, without me trying to go too techy here, um, essentially what it's looking at is in the order in which you're picking it, which will allow us to infer decision based on that. Um, and then actually when you're using the application, we see how much time you're spending in places by using your location services, um, geofencing data, et cetera, et cetera, to really hone in on how much time you're spending there. Do you like it? So, I mean, the goal really is, you know, on Facebook, you might be a vegetarian, so therefore we should only present you vegetarian places. But hang on a minute, you start going to all the burger bars. Has your diet changed? And, you know, the goal for us is to make sure that we're not taunting you with kind of, you know, if you are a vegetarian, we're not going to go and send you to the nicest burger joint in London. Equally, for someone like me who does like burgers, if I decide to become vegetarian, please don't taunt me by sending me to those all, all those gourmet burger places. So yeah. it's, it's, that's, that's the kind of data we look at. Yeah. And, and so at the moment, are you just focusing on London or are you developing it across? So we actually launched the company in Munich initially. So we did a trial version um, about a year and a half ago now. Um, 
build up a following of around 20,000 people in about six months and realized that there's wow. definitely a market for it. Yeah. Um, actually ended up moving back to London um, and then launched it in London. So at the moment we operate in London, um, Berlin, Munich and Birmingham with Liverpool and Manchester to follow. So heavy focus on the UK and Germany at the moment. So how quickly after someone signing up can you, you know, learn enough about them to start making, you know, good recommendations for them so the minute you sign up you're going to start seeing some recommendations but mm -hmm. as you say it's not going to be perfect within a couple of hours we'll definitely be able to make sure that some of the stuff you're seeing is personalized to you and i think the big thing here is you know if we go back to something like TripAdvisor, and i'm not trying to you know talk them down or anything but you know review sites generally speaking you don't know anything about the person that's leaving these mm. reviews on your site no. So the thing for us actually is the, the reviews you see are from people similar to yourself and that's immediate. So all the reviews you see are from people that have a similar set of interests to you so you can actually understand that those people are probably more likely to have useful information as opposed to anyone else. Hmm. And how hard has it been to develop a continually improving setup? So, you know, that the, obviously there's a, uh, AI around there mm -hmm. and learning, but how hard was that to develop? Um, so my background's in artificial intelligence. Okay. Um, so, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time like looking at kind of how things work and how we can improve on it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at the moment, it's still supervised learning. So that means it needs people like myself to go in and make sure that it's still learning. It's pretty difficult, but the goal for us is to get to a point where we get to unsupervised learning, where the machine is essentially learning based on the information that's provided. So we don't need to go in and say, hey, this is wrong, or we don't need to train the data. It will just learn over time. But, you know, we're not going to get there for maybe another six to maybe a bit longer, 12 months. And that would all be based around the uh, your browsing, your yep. visit history, your location history and things like that and social media and any other data sources that we pull into the platform so like weather traffic all that kind of stuff as well which will again improve the experience make sure that you're not about to go and drive down the m25 and guarantee to get stuck in traffic it's all about making sure that you get there in the best way as well so okay. all of these different data sources we're pulling in gives us more personalization sure and then about the venues so the yep. last bit is obviously the, is joining how are you gathering data about what's out there and how to how to find it basically so before we launch in a city we'll basically find um around a thousand places if the city's big enough i mean don't get me wrong we had to do a test bed for some of our investors in monaco and i, I challenge you to find a thousand places of <laughs> interesting things to do in monaco they don't exist no. um so, you know, a city like London, we're looking at maybe a thousand places before we launch there. Um, our internal team does that and works with kind of content curators and influencers in the city that know the city back to front. So working with the real locals on the ground, talking to those people. And as soon as you've got those, it gives you some content to work with. And actually, we're finding now that we have um, an editorial layer on top. So a user can add a place as well. So it is partially user generated as well, but it comes back to us to verify. So we find that actually restaurants and places are now contacting us to ask to be featured on the application as well so at a point you hit that point and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where people actually want to be listed on the site as well so it's not too difficult and it's not but it's not just eating it's no all sorts of other things is it as well? yeah so it's uh sport it's actually that's the one we don't do so uh, maybe we should have a conversation yeah. <laughs> Hello. um um so the the kind of stuff that we're we're kind of fo focusing on is food drinks um events is a big one for us i mean obviously there's apps out there like why plan but it is a, it is a kind of an area where you can make money as well. Um, and then you're looking at things that are cultural, so be that um, museums or kind of quirky places. So there's there's a quirky kind of uh, museum somewhere around here and I'm gonna absolutely butcher what it does, but essentially what it's all about is uh, 
it's something to do with operating tables and like back in history of kind of London and it sounds quite interesting so that's the kind of stuff you'll find as well yeah fascinating so it must be quite difficult other than going to see the places and, and you know if they you know volunteer their information but you, quite often all of the, all of the you know, your review sites and when you search it's all the standard sort of mm-hmm. you know the multiple branch type things so finding those really small quirky unique you know things must yeah. be places must be really hard i mean that's the the only bit of scalability with regards to issues that we've had so far and that's one that we're kind of you know we're looking to hopefully train an algorithm that will begin to crawl and try and find some data and then at least speed up that process yeah. but right now i mean it, it takes a week and you know realistically that's not too bad we don't want to launch everywhere at once because we want to make sure we have people that want us to be in that city but the ideal scenario is obviously yeah being able to scale much more yeah. quickly, so well, it does take. What time. a week away that must be! Yeah, yeah, Between I mean it's good fun. It's good fun, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely good fun. Definitely good fun. So you would spend a whole week just um, going and researching what, seeing what there is out there. So we have previously, unfortunately, my role doesn't let me do that anymore. Um, I, I'm available. I can't tell you the number of people that have applied for the job of can I go and explore the city for you and tell what there is. I mean. I'd love to do that. Um, unfortunately, you know, it is relying more on the locals now. But yeah, initially we were definitely. And how do you get so? So that's a really important point is that to find those really interesting and and, and you know, uh, off the main you know beaten track is mm-hmm. using a lot of um, local knowledge. Yeah. How do you get the the local people signed up with you? So generally speaking, we've been we've been featured in quite a lot so far, um, and that's definitely helped. So you get these early adopters that come on. I think. The most random city we've had so far is Transylvania. Um, <laughs> someone asked us to launch in Transylvania, and I said, I'm, I'm really sorry, but it's it's not going to be on our roadmap for a few years. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd love it to be. Um, so you get the early adopters that it's definitely help. It's a bit dead help. end. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. Um, so, um, I mean, it is, it is that that definitely helps. Um, and then it will be kind of working with some of our partners. So we, we've got partnerships with various corporate companies, and those guys are pretty good at putting us in touch mm. with various people as well. Yeah, brilliant. Well, so, I, I mean, this is a really predictable question. So, I, I don't know if there's an alarm this time around. But yeah. well, so, what, you must have. I mean, other than sumo wrestling in London, yeah, you must have seen some pretty crazy things. Um, yeah, I must have done. Uh, <laughs> my whole life's become a bit of a blur, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to think. Like Dan's early college years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. So, yeah. so have you become sort of desensitised to it now? I think to an extent, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, you know. I think if I still went to to some parts of the world, I'd still see some pretty interesting things. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to London, I'm I'm pretty detent- desensitised now, definitely. So what? Obviously, you're in London now. You've been mm-hmm. here what? I don't know. A year is it? Uh, the app itself. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. you have. Oh, so I've been here my whole life. But All right. Yeah, okay, yeah. So where's your go-to area or place in London that you'd... It's really cliche, but uh, I live in East London and work in East London, and I should probably get outside East London. I mean, I'm outside East London right now, so yeah, this is a bit you of, out of yeah, your yeah, it's a bit of a jungle zone. right now, so <laughs> yeah. um, definitely East London. Really? Yeah. And what's your favourite place at the moment? Because it changes. Um, I mean, I spend a lot of time in Shoreditch, um, all around that kind of area. I mean, I'm really into kind of markets and food okay. markets and all that kind of yeah. stuff, so... Um, the most recent discovery for me, even though it's a lot of people know about it, is Columbia Flower Market. Uh, absolutely obsessed with it. So you can buy unbelievably cheap flowers um, every Sunday there. So if you're looking to, to tart up your room, that's definitely the place so, to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you're more south of the river, Steph? 
I am. I'm. I'm South. Uh, I am. I'm Clapham. Clapham right, based, okay. which is probably why. That's where I was born. Actually. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where all of our sports are mostly. <laughs> really, right in that area. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I'm intrigued about the city where it's the cities where you'd love to be. So, if you could pick one and go right, that just. I mean, the Far East. You've got yep. some mad, mad places yep. that have got just such diverse. Yeah. Japan is probably comes. Yeah, to mind. that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the way, unfortunately, the way that we launch is because it's a, it's focused on the local market. We look at the local places that people are most likely to travel to. So, um, because we've got corporate partnerships with some train companies, we look at people where people travel to between on the train. So that's where we'll launch next. Um, but you know, if I had to choose a city, it's 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 probably going to be it's probably going to be Tokyo. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So, um, and I'm putting myself out there. On the, we've, so we've got to be a research. And apparently, you're um, a member of the founders of the future. I am. Are you allowed to tell people what that's about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. So I'm a member of a couple of organisations. Um, so Kairos and Founders of the Future. Um, essentially, what they are are um, networks of young entrepreneurs that basically look to work with some of the most inspiring young entrepreneurs in the world, um, and that are solving some of the world's biggest problems. So you wouldn't necessarily think that uh, what we're doing necessarily solves some of the world's biggest problems, but I guess the where we get back to and kind of where the values lie is, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, cultural disparity. A lot of people don't talk to each other, particularly when you look at somewhere like the US right now. Um, and what we're trying to do is create cultural integration, which sounds a bit fluffy, but for me, the two biggest things that I want to solve are making sure that there's diversity, complete diversity around the world. And the other thing personally is homelessness. So that's kind of where it all kind of links back to. Because mm. the thing I was thinking about is actually it's a really good way to promote ethnic, you know, diversity exactly. and ethnicity in a, in a city because actually you're not just doing the normal tourist stuff you're actually out there looking at what's going on and um, we know in london there's lots and lots of different communities around they might yep. be playing different sports or they might be having different types of food or cultural experiences and actually you just can be completely unaware of that can't you exactly and that's that's one of the big things that i want to try and with the team try and solve yeah no it sounds fantastic doesn't, doesn't it, it? Yeah. yeah yeah so uh yeah i don't i'm not sure what air i'd pick if, what city? I think Tokyo would be probably. Tokyo is a good place for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this. Yeah, so I can't say what I was going to say. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm, I'm going to well, ask Japan, you about that later. Yeah. Responsible okay. for ninety six percent of the weird stuff in the world, yep. isn't it? Yeah. Is so, haven't you seen the poster? No. Oh, but well, yeah. Anyway, so that would be <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I, I really. Um, I haven't been to Scandinavian, so I'd really like to go to sort of Sweden, Norway, that sort of thing. Go further up into the, you know the Arctic Circle, something like that. I think. Yeah, I mean, we've got a test bed in Copenhagen and there's some, it, I think the most interesting thing for me is when you look at the different cities that we kind of have test beds in or actually operate in is the differences that exist in each city. You know, there's it, coming back to the culture thing, like you look at the way, you know, the things that are in Birmingham and the things that are in London, they're two fairly similar cities, mm. but the places that are available are fundamentally different. And I think that's the thing that I find really exciting. So Scandinavia is, uh, you, you know... Say, save up. That's 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 <laughs> yeah, my word of advice. Yeah. Save up. But that's what I haven't been yet. How incredibly expensive. But then some, somebody tell me that Japan's the same as well. Yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah. really so, expensive to, yeah. to go to. So yeah. yeah, Hugh, don't rush off at any. Grab your backpack and go to Japan because it's going to cost you a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go see. to Vietnam or Thailand instead. <laughs> yeah. That's what I yeah. recommend. Yeah, I could do Thailand. I think. 
Yeah. yeah, well, most of the UK's there in January. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if yeah. you're between 18 and yeah. sort of 22, basically yeah. most of the UK is there from January to March at least. I Maybe think I, I bumped into January. more people I knew in, in Vietnam than I do <laughs> do in London. Yeah, you would do, yeah. So what about ex- expanding Go Sweat? I know you're, you're around London. What about international? Would you... Yeah, there's absolutely no reason. I think America is probably about five years ahead of us in terms of any fitness trends that's going on. So it'd probably sure. be a hard area to go into. And the same with Asia. There's a, there's a growing market there. So I'd probably encroach into Europe, even if we're not part of that. No. Um, but that's that's probably where we'd go. We'd go next. We'd follow. We'd follow that trend. Mm. And how hard is it to operate in a different country? Um, UK as a, as to Germany is fairly easy. I think I think European you're fairly okay. Yeah. You probably get a bit more difficult when you you're looking kind of international. Um, you know, one of the big things for us at the moment. So we're we're doing another round of funding at the moment, and this one's to very much focused on the UK and Germany. But the one after that is the rest of Europe. So I'm sure there's going to be a few teething, teething problems. Um, just the laws, generally speaking. I mean, German laws fairly rigid, so setting up offices can be a bit more difficult. But I think it, you know, European you're fine, but international maybe a bit more, a bit hmm. more difficult. And is is it important then that you get the right advisors, right business advisors in the particular country? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, like for me, that's something I can't recommend highly enough. Like I do quite a bit of mentoring myself, but I've got uh, an advisory board in the company that work with us and then two non-executive directors with experience. And, you know, finding the right people in the right places is hugely important. And it can be through your own connections. It can be through asking people. But all of these guys will make sure that you kind of avoid the the, the standard pitfalls that most startups face. Yeah, great. Um, guys, it, it's been a great show. Yeah, Thank you so much. And also, it's lovely to see guests interacting together. And I think probably the conversation will continue after the show. Mm-hmm. So lovely to see you again, Hugh, Steph. Thank you. And, and Tom, thanks, thanks so much. Thank much. You. Thank you. All, yeah. Guys, Thank you. lovely Cheers. to see you. And uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Well, that's it, Dan. That is it. Another show. Another one wrapped up. Yeah. Hopefully, join us again soon. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers.